0: My Car Guru, episode 186. Hey, what's up? What if that's the way I introduced myself? Hey, this is Lenny Lawson, Car Guru. Um, and, and what if, like, a customer gets out of their car and they walk up to the showroom and the salesperson saunters up to them and says, what's up? And doesn't uh, stick his hand out to shake it or, you know, that's all he does. Is that appropriate? Well, of course not. But, you know, I guess that's an appropriate way to, to uh, maybe meet your friends. You go over to his house and he opens up the door and say, what's up? And I mean, that's common, right? But a lot of people think, a lot of young people think that that's, that's how you address an adult, another, you know, maybe a senior or whatever. Um, I think we're getting away too much from common decency in the way we interact with other human beings, you know, I go to this cardiac rehab. I've only got like four sessions to go, and then I will graduate. And where I come out of the uh, the exercise room there, there's a drug testing waiting room there. And you got all these people that are typically all lined up, and, well, they're sitting in chairs, and not a word being spoken between them. No eye contact. I walk through there, and, you know, right through the middle of them, nobody looks up. They're all just dialed into their mobile devices um i I do remember it wasn't that long ago when people would actually look up give you some eye contact hey how's it going you know it's just um i don't know it bothers me but i'm old i can't help it my wife always reminds me though said lenny pad i said remind me what that means people are different and they are uh, people are different in, in a lot of different ways. And uh, one of the things that you can do as a business owner is to make sure that you certainly uh, analyze uh, the people that you are hiring uh, before you putting put them in a position to where they're greeting your customers. Um, and I, I just this dumbing down of I guess human interaction uh, other than texting cell phones, you know, phone conversations and stuff. Of course, I found a lot of people would rather text you than have to deal with, you know, the voice and actually interact with you on a more human level. They'd rather just send uh, alphanumeric characters. That's a big trend in the car industry right now, especially in service, is uh, texting uh, to give customers updates on the status of their repairs or when their parts come in and stuff like that. It is convenient, and, and a lot of that stuff can be automated. But I think we are automating too much now. What's the hurry? You know, we just what's wrong with slowing down and doing it the old-fashioned way? How long's it been since you've looked at a phone book? I mean, I don't even get them anymore. I just Google it. Um, So you know, I guess I have bent to the uh, to the new modern ways myself. In many ways, I love my cell phone. I have sworn off uh, network news again. I'm on a non-news binge. Uh, The latest stuff has just kind of, it's got me riled up a little bit occasionally, and I just say, okay, nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to not listen and see how that works. Sometimes I actually have to delete the app off my phone, because if I see it, you know, my hand starts quivering, and I say, you know, I've got to touch that. I've got to see what's going on in the news, when I really don't. Um, I just need to uh, enjoy my family, and, and, of course, I take a lot of pictures. I've only got 46,000 pictures on my iPhone right now. I download a lot of stuff, use a lot of pictures, take a lot of pictures of cars when I'm selling them. You know, pictures tell a story, and um, they if you take really good pictures, it tells a better story, especially when you're selling stuff sight unseen, really in person, to somebody that lives in Toronto, Canada and you want them to bid 70000 plus on your car, you better take some pretty good pictures. And um, it's one of the things I really like about this auction website that I use. I talk about it all the time. I know. But I'm telling you, if you've got an older car or, or a unique modern car, you know, like maybe a fancy ZL1 Camaro or... You know, some hot, uh, maybe a Bullet Mustang or something like that. You know, bringatrailer.com is not a place where you sell your Honda Accord, uh, but it is a place if you've got one of those really hot Honda uh, Civics hatchbacks, or like a, a WRX Subaru, something like that. Bring a Trailer is a great place to to sell it, and it, and it only costs ninety nine dollars to list the car. I mean, would you find? Would you pay ninety nine bucks? Uh, if you're not in any hurry, would you pay $99 to find out uh, really what your car's worth? Because when you put it online at Bring a Trailer, it is being looked at by the world. I mean, I've had vehicles that had over 20,000 views, and there's a little star that you can click on at the top corner if you really want to track something. It's called the watch button. So you click that little star, and I've had up to 2,500 people watching the auction, and, you know, eight or ten of those people are actually real buyers for that car. I mean, I sold a a 1988 Toyota Land Cruiser a couple weeks ago. I mean, when that thing was new, it sold for, I don't know, mid-20s. I sold it for $110,000 on Bring a Trailer. Now, if I had tried to sell that in Upper East Tennessee, I bet I couldn't have got seventy. 000. I mean, it was a really nice one. Restored, had an LS Chevrolet V8 engine put in. They got rid of that Toyota junky engine, that little six inline six. It's not really junky engine. It's just not very powerful and sucks a lot of gas. And I took, they took that out. I didn't. They took it out and put in a, a V8 Chevrolet engine. Fuel injection, all modernized and everything. So that added a lot to the value. Plus, it was really a nice restoration. But 110000 goodness. Where else would I have done that? I sold, I'll tell you a good Bring a Trailer story. So I sold a, uh, a car that belonged to my brother. It was a 1962 Austin Healey 3000. I listed it on Bring a Trailer. It took really good pictures, really good description. It was a really nice car. It was about a 12-year-old restoration, so it was showing its age just a little bit, kind of like me. But the uh, it was nice. It was red, resale red. And so I put it on to bring a trailer auction. Well, I didn't have much activity. I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of new to bring a trailer. I think this was around 2017 when this happened. I promised my brother I'd get rid of his car for him. And so we had this thing... Um, I think we were about the last day, and then somebody hit that car at $30,000. And I said, whoa, because we were in the high teens. I was just really getting worried. And then uh, within like five minutes of the sale, somebody hit it at $35,000. And then they started going like two fifty dollars at a time. Well, it gets down to the last two minutes, and the way Bring a Trailer Auction works, it's not like eBay, you know, where the you can sneak in there at the last second and, and actually buy one uh bring a trailer resets the clock at 2 minutes every time somebody bids so it can get down to 10 seconds somebody bids boom it's back at 2 minutes i can't tell you how many times that happened but that car with 2 minutes left was at $40,000 and it ended up selling for 52,500 so he just wanted 30 i think he wanted $38,000 out of the car so he was a happy brother um, so we got that deal done well, I just noticed that there was this guy. These two guys at the end were just bid going back and forth and back and forth. So I, was, uh, I sent that other buyer, the guy who didn't win the auction, a message. And I said, I've got some other cars. And I put my phone number in there. Well, he calls me. He said, well, what else you got? I said, well, I have a uh, 1959 MGA. Now, it, it is like a recent restoration and just in tremendous shape. He said, well, send me pictures. Well, I sent him some pictures, and in the background of those pictures, I had a Volkswagen bus, a 1966 VW bus. You know, those things are really cool looking. I love that thing. It had had the safari windows that would pop out in the front. Now, that made it driving at a high speed kind of hazardous because you might eat a bug or two, but it was fun, and people just loved it when they saw it. So uh, the guy got back with me the next day. He says, you know, I really like the MGA. How much you want for it? And I told him, he said, I'll take it. He was in Toronto, Canada, um, works for a, a large accounting firm, one of the big four accounting firms. I think they call them the big four. And, uh, but he actually just built a new house in Toronto. His main home is in London, England. Where else would you find these people it, unless you found them online? And, uh, so we, I said, well, okay, well, I'll handle the shipping. I'll send you a bill of sale and uh, you can wire the funds. I gave him the wiring number and everything. He said, tell me about the VW bus. So I told him about it and uh, he said, well, that's pretty cool. I've always wanted one of those things. Okay, well, let's get this deal done. We get that deal done. He wires the the money. Two days later, he calls me. He says, how much for the bus? And uh, I priced him the bus. He said, is it as nice as um, as the MG? And I said, well, no, not really. It's the paint is the outside is, but the inside has a you know a few flaws. But it's very original. It's a, it's probably one of the nicest buses you've ever seen, you know. And I was being a little um, presumptuous there. He said, "Well, I'll just take it. I'll take it too." Well, I'm sitting there. I'm in shock. You know, this was the the losing bidder on a uh, 62 Austin Healey that I just happened to follow up with. And um, I've sold him, let's see, that was a total of about $120,000 worth of cars, just because I followed up. Um, just amazing. And in just a minute, I'll tell you what else I did with this gentleman from England. Okay, I'm back. You know, it's fun uh, selling cars. Um, it, it's not as fun as it used to be back when I was young and dumb. Um, it. What's fun to me I, is selling new cars and stuff like that is okay, and everybody wants new cars, right? I mean, not everybody, but most people would rather buy a new car than have to buy somebody's used car, but used cars are a good option for a lot of folks. I like them really old, though. What I'm having fun with right now are these antiques, you know, vintage cars. Not necessarily – I'm not a big fan of the the Model T and Model As and stuff like that, although I would like to have a Model A, Um, I'd really like to have an old Packard, but that's kind of out of my budgetary constraints. Um, But, you know, I just really like playing with old cars, I I think. I'm not bragging. I think I've got about uh, 12 cars right now, just antiques that I'm in one stage or another of either keeping, fixing, or selling. So, I, you know, I just try to keep them rotated. The only one that I would not sell is my 65 Corvair. Well, I wouldn't sell my Bronco either, 1970 Bronco. Those are the only two. 100% somebody's going to have to get it in the wheel cars. You know, because I'm not I'm not selling those, but uh, all the others are potential. Well, I take that back. There's the 280Z that I wouldn't sell because it was a kind of a gift. It, I paid for it, but the uh, the gentleman who allowed me to have it um, was just really nice and and I met him through this radio show. But anyway, let me tell you about this guy up in Canada by way of London. So I sold him the Volkswagen bus, and I sold him the MGA. And so I just kept following up with him. I knew that he was a Porsche guy. So there was a gentleman in Newport that I was selling a collection of cars for. Wonderful, loving, wonderful man. I mean, that's all I can say. I won't say his name, but he's passed away now. Um, but probably the best attitude, he was, uh, had a more work ethic than just about any human being that I've ever seen, and he was 86 years old, and he had had 14 heart attacks and so many stents and bypasses that they just couldn't do anymore. So he was trying to sell his collection of cars, and um, I was determined to help him do it. He had a bunch of Porsches, and so I told uh, the Canada, uh, Canada guy about one of his Porsches, and about a collection. He said, well, send me pictures of all he has. I said, okay. So I took pictures. He had, uh, at the time, um, I took pictures of two of his, uh, let's say one of them was a 1959 356A uh, Porsche, kind of really rounded, one of the early body Porsches, like the 911, if you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's just a really round, swoopy car, and it was developed by the same guy who developed the uh, design of the Volkswagen Beetle, you know, for Adolf Hitler, the people's car. Um, That's what Volkswagen means, by the way. But anyway, uh, I sent him pictures of the 356A. There was a 62 356B, and there was a Porsche 912, and I think it was a 66 model. And I sent him all pictures. He said, well, how much are they? And I I, uh, gave him a price for each one. He said, how much would it be if I bought all of them? Moment of silence. And uh, I said, well, let me call the owner and see. So I called the owner and he gave me a number. I gave it to Mr. Turner, the, the Canadian, by way of England. And he said, I'll just take them. Moment of silence. So I was shocked. And he said, I need you to ship these to England for me. I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, well, I'll give you a name of a company. So I called this company um, in California, and they ship all over the world. It was called Schumacher Logistics. And so um, I called Schumacher, and they they actually picked up the vehicles in Greenville, Tennessee, all three of those Porsches, and they arranged to have a, a container in Savannah, that's a big old container ship place. And so the cars were transported down there, put on a container ship. And three weeks later, uh, he sends me pictures of those cars being un- unloaded on in a little side street, a little garage in London, England. And I just felt like, um, you know, I've never done that before. I did sell a motorcycle once on eBay to a guy from Iceland. And uh, we sent it up to Jim's Motorcycle Shop in, in Johnson City, and they crated it. And uh, we shipped it from there, but that was the only offshore deal that I had ever done. And then uh, let's see what. And see, I mean, you develop a relationship with somebody, you get this trusting relationship, and um, then they just keep coming back. I mean, that's what I tell my salespeople all the time. I said, if you take care of people, if you do what you say, you can have customers for life, even if you don't sell the brand that they that they want the next time they'll give you an opportunity to get it for them and the reality is if somebody really trusts you and really likes you they're willing to pay you a little bit more you know uh, maybe you can't sell it as uh, cheaply as the the actual dealer for something like that but they'll they'll pay you more and they understand you know everybody won't some of you may be out there saying well, I wouldn't pay them a dime more well you know, your relationship doesn't mean that much to that person. If it does, then you probably will. You know, I've got a hundreds and hundreds of customers that I've sold cars to over the years that they just call me and they say, Lenny, I need this. They don't even question the price. Now, when I take advantage of them? Heck no. I'm going to give them a very competitive price. Um, they know I'm going to make a little bit. They just know I'm not going to make a lot. And so I don't want to disappoint them. And neither does Gary Turner. See, I gave his name out, but that's okay. He's in Canada. But Gary uh, called me back, I don't know, a couple months later and said, well, what has happened to those? Uh, the rest of those cars? And I said, well, I haven't sold any of the other Porsches, uh, but I got one on eBay already, or I mean on uh, Bring a Trailer. So he looked at it and stuff, and he didn't really like that one. He said, tell me about the, uh, the other 356 he had. Well, it was the nicest car, and um, I told him all about it. And he said, well, you know, one of the 350 or the 912 that you had sent to England, it turned out to be a dud. And I said, well, I'm so sorry about that. You know, sometimes that happens when you're buying old cars and especially when you're selling somebody's car uh, or let's say a car out of a large collection. And that car was out of a large collection. And I, you know, I don't have the opportunity to vet these cars that much. I just have to rely on the representations of the guy who owns them. And he's a, he was an 86-year-old guy with not the best memory in the world. And um, so we, we talked about all the details. And it just it really wasn't a high-quality restoration. It wasn't anything like the other ones. I won't say that it was a dud. He ended up losing a little bit of money on it. He says, well, so that gave him a little bit of pause. And he said, well, tell me about the the other 356. And I said, I did. And he said, is it? is it like the other 356s or is it like that 912? And I said, listen, it's better than any of the other 356s. He said, give me a price. And I did. He paid $100,000 for that car. You know, and could I have put it on Bring a Trailer Auction and got more? Maybe. But then I'd have to deal with all the... The Porsche fanatics on there. There's so many people. The only thing I don't like about Bring a Trailer is all the comment section. They have a comment section where people can weigh in. and Of course, most of them that are the most vocal, they've never bought a car on Bring a Trailer. They're just professional commenters, and they want to show everybody how humorous or how smart they are. And so occasionally you get those people that chime in on a deal, and um, it kind of throws a, as my dad used to say, throws a clog in the churn, I never did know what that meant, but um, just kind of disrupt things, and they like to see the auction stop. That happened to my advantage one time on a on the 66 Mustang that I have, though. Somebody was criticizing it because of a couple dents that were in a couple frame members underneath it. Well, when they made that comment, the bidding stopped, and I said, whoa, I might be able to sneak in and buy this thing, which I did, and I got a really good deal on it. So sometimes those quacks will, will – uh, Will help you out, but in this particular case, you know there was a trust relationship between me and this other guy. He trusted my judgment, and uh, so I sold him the car now that one went straight to Canada, and he absolute when he got that car he said he called me back he said, "Lenny, this car is better than described. That's the way I like to get it so as far as this collection of cars i've sold I sold a, a citroen." Uh, du Cheveau is what it was called, a 2CV. You didn't know I could speak French, did you? Du Chevaux. I sold that in, uh, in Florida. Another vehicle, another Porsche in Florida. I sold another Porsche to a uh, executive with Google and actually shipped it to their headquarters in California. Can't remember where that was. It seems like Palo Alto or someplace like that. But that's where, it, no, I take that back. It went to Southern California, their headquarters in Southern California. But anyway, I've sent cars all over this country and in some different parts of the world, and it would never have happened had I not uh, come across that wonderful website. But the most valuable thing to me are the wonderful people that I have met and never seen, never shook hands with. You know, this this Gary Turner up in Canada, you know, we have a wonderful relationship by phone and by email and that kind of stuff. Never, never never shook hands he he's he threatens he's going to come down to the smokies someday so we shall see okay i'll take my last break and be back here in a minute well i apologize for the ramble uh, about cars but you know just sometimes i like to share some of my experiences in the what i do uh as far as what i have the most fun doing and that's selling or buying finding buying selling restoring you know all these old cars it, it has been very fulfilling and, uh, you know, one of the things I like, really like about old cars when it comes to car shows and stuff like that is just, it takes people back. You know, when I pull up in a 66 Mustang or that 66 VW bus, that one really got a lot of attention. People would just walk up and say, man, that is so cool. I used to, I've always wanted one of those, or my daddy used to have one of those, or my grandfather used to ride me around in the rumble seat, you know, that kind of stuff. That's to me that's uh, the most fun part is what it does for other people not necessarily what it does for me so but thanks for listening to this edition of my car guru and i will I will be back i promise tomorrow